My name is Craig Struthers. And I'm Rebecca Struthers. We're watchmakers and this is our craft. Struthers is a husband and wife watchmaking team. We started in restoration, which taught us a lot about how things are made. Doing repairs taught us about case making and making parts, which eventually led us on to making our own products, um, which currently our latest project is our own watch movement, case dial, um, all made within our workshops. We work on watches really anywhere from sort of 1700 up to the 1960s. So there's been so much design change over that time, both mechanically and aesthetically, that it's a, it's a fascinating thing to do. A uh, watch's tick is quite an important thing. It's kind of like a heartbeat, but it can also be used just like a heartbeat to check how well a watch is. So the tick that you can hear is actually um, three ticks in quick succession that are so uh, close together they sound like a single beat and the distance between those beats we've got a machine that can read it to a, an incredibly accurate level can tell you how well the watch is performing whether it's fast or slow whether it's out of beat um, it can tell you a lot about what it's going to do before you even get the watch to a point of being physically on test so um, acoustics and, and sounds are very important within the manufacturing or, or the running of the watch itself Generally, the watchmakers that are sat there day in, day out, listening to them and adjusting them, get to understand that sound. And uh, it's, it, you kind of train yourself or the machine trains you, maybe, to, to hear it um, correctly. Yeah, I mean, the sounds of the machines certainly get you into the zone. And they're also very useful in that they can tell you a lot about what you're doing. So you can tell about the speed of a lathe, whether or not it's going to cut correctly. You can tell from the sound of a flame whether or not it's the right temperature to start soldering with. So when you get used to them to that extent and you've been with them for that long, you can start to understand what the tool is doing without even looking at what it's doing. You can hear what it's, it speaks to you. We've named all of our machines, so in some sense they are like members of staff. It started with my very first watchmaker's lathe, which was something that I bought when I was um, in a kind of way being apprenticed by a, a mentor when I left uni. Um, and I called the lathe after Ray and it kind of stuck. And since um, setting up this workshop with Rebecca, I think it makes it easier sometimes to say I'm making this on George or I'm using this for Albert. The skills in not just our industry, but in many of the industries from jewellery, jewellery making to, as we were talking about the other day, um, even surgery. I think hand skills seem to be, um, I don't know why, d disappearing. You get to a point when you're a restorer that you've made pretty much every component there is for the watches you're repairing. Um, and when you, you get to that point of doing that much for other people's watches, you kind of reach that moment when you just think well hang on a minute how's about I give it a go at making all of these for our own watch and I think that's that's where we were when we first decided to um, start making what we've referred to as project 248 and we've called it project 248 because it's being made pretty much by two watchmakers our four hands and an eight millimeter watchmaker's lathe. I think we're a, we're a tiny company and we needed to do something different in the watchmaking world 
Um, as I was saying before, there's a lot of technology now in uh, watchmaking, and tradition seems to have, like other crafts, seems to be slowly disappearing from it. As a traditional watchmaking company, I really wanted to look backwards rather than forwards. I think being small allows us to do that. And I consider that a lot when I design and make watches now, is that these are objects that potentially are going to be around for hundreds of years after I'm long gone. And what lives will they be leading then? Who will they be with? What will they mean to those people? Will they still exist? It's, um, it's quite a powerful thing 